Hello, gorgeous friends, and welcome to the Embracing Enough podcast. You know, I've always said that women and girls have some incredible stories to tell. And that's what we do here. We share our stories in order for others to feel seen, heard, and hopefully less alone. This is your host, Dina Skippa, founder of Enough Labs, and I am so excited that you're here. And this is our fourth season. I still can't believe it. When I started out this podcast, I had no idea of the types of stories that we would tell, and even more, the impact that we would have. And here we are, continuing to have some much needed conversations around our enoughness, our confidence, and how to own our truth. This season, well, we're doing things a little differently, choosing to shine a spotlight on those who are brave enough to be called a disruptor. We're going deep with folks who have chosen to disrupt things for the better, even if it meant that they had to be the blueprint to do it. It's gonna get real over here, but the hope is that you walk away from each episode feeling more inspired to be a disruptor yourself, whatever that looks like for you all while embodying the essence of joy, courage, and permission. Listen, I've been on my own journey of embracing my own enoughness for a very long time. And this season, it just feels like perfect timing to unpack what being a disruptor looks like and how it connects to our own personal definitions of confidence. Let's get into it. Well, hello, friends. It's your girl, Dina, and we are back with another episode of Embracing Enough, the podcast brought to you by Enough Labs. And if you've been following with us, this season four is all about talking to women who are disruptors. And I have been loving the conversation. Um, We have been unpacking so many juicy topics and really peeling back the layer on what it means to be a disruptor, what it means to be the actual blueprint, um, not always having a model to follow. And there's been a lot of common themes that have been coming out of these conversations. And I felt like this would be a good moment to record a solo episode on a topic that I feel like is worthy of some disruption. It's a topic that I feel like I have been personally navigating, um, if I'm being honest, my entire life. And I know that a lot of women that I've been in conversations with lately have been bringing this up in a major way. So I want to talk about it today. And that is this preoccupation with being a good girl. Being a good girl. What does that even mean? The way that we are socialized from such a young age to be pleasing to other people. And whether a young girl knows it or not, her worthiness, her likability, damn, her lovability is oftentimes defined by who she can be to others. And if she's not careful, if those who are tasked with watching out for her, if, if they're not careful, that girl is going to continuously look outwards, outside of herself, 
to secure that validation and praise that will make her feel secure. And I just feel like I'm flooded with memories. I'm flooded with memories of when I was a little girl and all of the ways that I felt this internalized pressure to be polite, to be pleasing, to always do the right thing in front of adults. You know, I oftentimes share that I am the oldest of three. So, you know, all the things that come with being the oldest, <laughs> needing to be the responsible one, um, the unofficial babysitter, all of, all of the things. And, you know, being that good girl, I think for me was something that I have clung to uh, for a really long time because I think as a young girl, I noticed it was what got attention. It was what got praise. It was what seemed to be the thing that put people at ease in a context for me that felt chaotic, that felt uncontrollable. I grew up surrounded by um, the struggles with a parent who was going through addiction, through divorce, and all that comes with that. And the ways in which I could anticipate what people needed and deliver on it <laughs> made me that good girl inside of my family. And it didn't stop there because I think once you are the type of person who gets exposed to getting that dopamine hit of validation by being good, by being polite and pleasing and praised, you start to feel like that's the association that becomes your definition of how you are loved. And, you know, I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. It's been coming up in, like I said, conversations with women that I've been talking to. It's been coming up in my own personal reflections lately. Because I feel like it just, there's an inherent connection with the women who can identify with being socialized as being a good girl with the way that it bleeds into almost every part of your life. The girl who grows up feeling that dopamine hit of being either called or praised a good girl or being rewarded for good girl tendencies. A lot of times I find that these women will become overly ambitious. Hello, you're talking to one. <laughs> Becoming overly ambitious in what she tries to achieve. And then it becomes, inside of the ambition, it, it, it then becomes this chase to, that she tells herself she has to be good at everything. And she brings that same drive to every endeavor. Working towards these goals, she will begin to exhibit these perfectionist tendencies in what she expects of herself and by extension others. And as far as she goes with things, she's probably going to be someone who's keen to find and follow the rule book because she is always looking for the right answer to get that tick 
the gold star, the good girl confirmation. And now when I think about myself, this did not, like this had to come from somewhere, right? And I think about the ways in which I modeled good girl behavior because on some level, it's what I saw my mom do. She was someone who I saw doing things right by people, at times overextending, wanting to be liked and found that one of the surest ways to be liked was what she could do, whether it be in her friendships or whether it be when I saw her and my dad. I'll never forget, I think I had to be five. And I remember sitting at the kitchen table, watching my mom sit down after she had prepared dinner for us and waiting for that praise from my dad about whether the meal was good or not. And I remember watching her face and watching my dad and them going doing this back and forth and, and just feeling like no matter what he said, I wasn't convinced, she was convinced. But she was definitely trying and I could feel that at five. And I think about my mom where she was showing up, demonstrating those good girl tendencies, where she may have picked it up. I think back to my grandmother and how she lived by a code where she always had to look put together. There was never a hair out of place. Her clothes were always on point. It didn't matter <laughs> what how she was doing financially at the time, she always looked put together. She was elegant and put a lot of stock in impressions and how people perceived her. And I just think generationally, women tend to pass these tendencies down because of the way that we're socialized in society, right? But it also has almost everything to do with the behavior that we're modeling that we're exposed to. In my own personal experience, unsurprisingly to most listening, has repeated these patterns. I remember always doing well academically at school, thriving on teachers who gave me that good girl, Dina, or aunts and uncles who would look at me after I had done something that, you know, w was welcomed and made someone's life easier and being told you're such a good girl. And I think it's interesting now at 41, as I'm watching my niece and watching her navigate spaces and just be, Let's be honest, just that's her only job right now. She's five. And watching her and seeing how the conversation gets to be different. I still think that there's a lot that we're fighting against. But to not reinforce this idea that we have to confirm how good she is. 
she's so much more than that. When you are someone who got used to that kind of confirmation that you were good in the ways that you were able to show up in what you could do. Hell, what I'm really talking about is, are you performing that goodness that makes people more comfortable? I've been really thinking a lot lately about how much it ties to your definition of love, your definition of acceptance, your definition of belonging. And I think when you attach how good you feel about yourself or how much people sort of approve or validate of you to the things that you can do, I think you have a really hard time believing anyone. And so it's never enough. And so you can't trust it. You can't accept it for what it is. You can't take it at face value. What it does is create all of this angst inside of you thinking that you need to do more. And I think about wanting to break this pattern so badly in myself and as an aunt to my niece wanting so badly to not see her grow up thinking that she needs to demonstrate any kind of good girl tendencies because I swear to God, I cringe every time someone praises a girl with that compliment, thinking it's a compliment. Oh, you're such a good girl because we never, okay, let me take that back. It is rare <laughs> that we focus on a girl's creativity, her inventiveness, the effort that she puts in rather than the outcome and supporting what experience she is having in the things that bring her joy. Because whether it be school or society as a whole, there is this constant barrage of that good girl messaging. And I know I heard it as a child. And I just don't think it's helpful anymore. Because your internal worth cannot and should not fluctuate based on external factors. Your job is not to please others at the expense of your own needs and desires. And it robs you of the experience of being true to yourself. And the longer that you spend inside of that, in that belief that you need to be pleasing and perfect in order to secure that praise and that validation, you will become wildly comfortable in abandoning yourself. And I'm saying this from personal experience because perfectionism is an impossible and unconstructive goal to aspire to. But if you're thinking that in order to be liked, in order to be accepted, in order to belong, that you have to do all of these things, 
you just keep coming you keep coming up short I feel like there's this call whether we know it or not on these like younger versions of ourselves of truly letting go of the reliance on other people's validation but in order to do that you need to start with self-reflection you have to understand yourself you have to know what your values are and your perspectives and opinions are what are truly important and that inner conviction that you have about what really matters to you needs to trump everything else because what we're doing is we're prioritizing what will others think what are others going to say will others judge me if more women were doing things because they wanted to do them or just because <laughs> i think women's lives would look and feel a lot different and what it would feel to not have to be in this perpetual chase of hoping for that dopamine kick that comes with the external validation i am not talking about these things in vague ways i talk about this with friends i talk about this with clients i talk about this with people who have been on this podcast recognizing that there have been a whole lot of years trapped in this insidious chase of trying to get it right, make it look perfect, be the good girl. And we're socialized to, to be that way and breaking free of that and letting go of the way that that mentality has shaped how we show up is hard. I'm still grappling with it. I'm grappling with it in the ways that I showed up in my marriage of thinking that I had to do everything perfectly in order to be loved. I'm thinking about how it showed up in every single job over my 20 year career working in international development. If I did things right, if I overextended and made sure I was seen as that team player, then I would get the promotion or I would get that recognition. I think about it in my family and the role that I volunteered for because the praise, the pockets of praise that I got were what kept me going. Whether it's love or work or family or friendships, pockets of praise are not enough. They're just not. And they will keep you chasing. And they'll keep you from choosing, choosing yourself. I have been unpacking this in a major way around what it looks like to be in a relationship. Because I'm now in a space where somehow, <laughs> three years into building enough labs, I have secured my dream to be doing this full time. 
And I'm doing it because I'm wildly passionate about it. And it fuels me in a way that nothing in my entire adult life has ever fueled me. And I love that. And it's hard. Don't get me wrong. But that's for another podcast episode. (laughs) But really, when I think about this good girl syndrome in the context of love and relationships and partnership, man, it has held me back. It has held me back in so many ways because I've noticed a pattern in ways that I always told myself I had to show up in order to be loved. I had to show up this way in order to be validated. I needed to make sure that someone else's needs were responded to, addressed, acknowledged, before I could even begin to communicate my wants and needs. Before you can ever begin to articulate to a partner, in my opinion, your wants and needs, I think you have to first figure out what they are. (laughs) And someone who has been mired in people-pleasing and perfectionism for the majority of their life may not even have a clue as to where to start it sounds easy say what you want express what you need what's the big deal no it's damn near impossible because you've been cut off from yourself for so long self-abandonment becomes as natural as breathing and after years of ignoring your own desires and putting others first and you can well let's not even talk about boundaries because what are they it takes so much self-reflection and unlearning to uncover what you actually want so this idea of being what other people need i'm not even a huge fan of the term good girl syndrome But I think this idea of being what other people want and need is robbing you of the experience of what you want and need. And I know there's a lot of women that can resonate with this. They say that they can't. They say that no one will be there for them. They don't trust that anyone will be able to be strong enough to hold hold that space. And maybe that's true now but it doesn't mean that you don't have to stop reflecting on that. Reflecting on what you want, reflecting on what you need, getting clear about trusting that it's out there, whether it be love or the right job. There's, there's no use in compartmentalizing your wants and needs to one particular area of your life so that you can say in the other parts of your life, oh, well, I'm happy enough. It's fine. I don't need to complain. No, I'm talking about living life on your terms that feels wildly fulfilling because you said so and you can't live a life that you love one that doesn't feel like work if you are caught up responding to what other people's needs and desires are it's physically impossible so I'm on this journey of disrupting this very thought pattern. And it's 
it comes from years, years, decades, really. And it started off when I was young. It was amplified by the society, by society and the way, what was around us, the messaging. But I do have a choice now. And I know that there is an opportunity to do a hell of a lot more reflection as to why it's so scary to show up and say what you want, to defend what you need, to not feel compelled to do the emotional labor for other people in order to get your needs met. I'm still working on it, but I'm clear that this needs a hell of a lot of disruption. So this might lead to more episodes on this topic later on in the season. But if this resonates with you, I would love to hear from you. So be sure to connect with me on the Enough Labs platforms because I want more women to feel like they don't have to be the good girl anymore. And I definitely want the next generation of girls to not feel weighed down by this. They're certainly going to be weighed down by other things, <laughs> but I definitely think things would look a lot different for my niece and that generation if we can let perfectionism and people pleasing be put down in a major way. Until next time, friends, stay well. Hey friend, thanks for listening. I'm so grateful that you took time out of your day to spend some of it with us here. If this show means anything to you, it would mean everything to me if you made sure to rate, review, and follow the show on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Especially, be sure to leave a review and let me know what you thought. I live for feedback. Because even though it's only me and my guest at times speaking into the microphone, into wherever you may be listening, I want this to feel like a conversation. So I want to hear from you. Lastly, be sure to follow Enough Labs on all social media platforms. Because remember, beyond this being a conversation, we're building a movement. Thank you.